Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Connections Podcast. My name is Kevin Gunter, and I appreciate you tuning in. It has been a minute, uh, a long minute. Specifically, let's see, I think the last time I talked to y'all was in early March, really before, uh, at least here in Nebraska, the um, quarantining and, and pandemic really just started to take a hold. Um, and it's it's just been crazy. I feel like uh, March was just yesterday. It's insane to think that we are almost finished with September. Uh, to give you a little bit of a uh, just a refresher of kind of what, not even a refresher. You don't know what happened. This is what happened. So some of you may have noticed that the episodes for Connections podcast were actually taken down for a while. Uh, that was done on purpose. It was done by me because I thought I was going to start a different podcast uh, under a different name uh, and just kind of start fresh. Uh, because what I really kind of wanted to do with this podcast uh, is kind of base it more uh, on a religious basis or being able to kind of talk through scripture and do all of that, uh, without feeling like, um, I couldn't. And while I was like kind of thinking about what that looks like and talking to a couple friends about what that might look like, one of them just kind of told me straight up, he's like, well, I think your podcast right now is perfect for that, that idea of connections and, uh, how we can take anything on this podcast and connect it to, pretty much anything, whether that be religion or politics or just life in general. Uh, and that person was correct. <laughs> the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I decided to keep it uh, and we're we're back, baby. So that's why all the episodes are back. Um, this is the first episode in quite a while. And I really do hope to, I know, I think I've said this probably in seven different episodes, but I really do try to hope I want to keep this going. Um, so that's the hope. Uh, as far as why I haven't done anything for the last few months, uh, I think just like everybody else, I have been caught in this weird whirlwind of just being uh, angry at the current situation in the world, but also sad. And ultimately, I think it just ends with me being tired. Uh I'm a very social person, so I've been working from home since March and not seeing anybody Uh isn't the best, but I will say I do. Uh, I do know more of my cat's habits. I understand when they sleep during the day and when they don't. I think I have their bathing schedule down to a T, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but that's about it. Long story short, I'm back. I appreciate all of you tuning in to listen uh, in, and uh, we're going to dive right into it. So, um, you can see that this one was called. Uh, well, I actually don't think I've given it a name yet. Actually. <laughs> Um, what I had written down here is, uh, doubting, doubting Thomas. And, uh, that's basically what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Thomas, uh, a disciple of Jesus, one of the 12. Um, I have always felt, uh, rather connected to Thomas mainly because it's my middle name, uh, Kevin Thomas. And I always thought that's kind of whack because my, my brother's name is Matthew and my other brother's name is Timothy and they, their middle names are even other disciples, um, and I got stuck with Thomas and Thomas was always, always referred to as the, uh, the doubter. So I was like, cool, glad I got the doubter. But as I've continued on in my life, I've really just found out where that just rings true, um, to a lot of the, I don't know, a lot of the times that I have faced and, and I do doubt I'm very bad at 
just giving my trust fully to God and uh, being able to know that God is going to take control of everything and 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 take care of it. And I've I've never really been great at that. I don't really know of anybody who is. I think uh, it is human to want to control and want to kind of hold on to their situation and and we believe that we can make it better, that we are ultimately in charge of, of doing that. Um, but I was uh, listening to uh, my pastor speak a few weeks ago, and he made a really good point in his sermon that really the only thing that we remember Thomas for throughout the entirety of uh, the Gospel of John, where Thomas has talked about, is uh, that he is a doubter. Uh, and specifically what I'm talking about is in John John 20, 25, uh, where he uh, doubts that uh, the person standing before him is actually Jesus and says, until I feel the holes in his hands and the scar upon his side, that I'm not going to actually believe it's him. Um, but there's actually two other times before that in the book of John that Thomas actually speaks up. And uh, that's kind of what I want to focus on today. This idea that I, I believe personally that more Christians are like Thomas than not, or arguably more Christians should be like Thomas, which is kind of crazy because, I, like I said, the whole time you're just like, no, don't be a doubting Thomas, that kind of thing. But stay with me. We're going to we're going to we're going to flow with it. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, I'm probably going to talk over myself quite a bit, but that's OK. If you've listened to this before, you know that's what I do. So, uh, where I want to start at, um, I, I kind of want to just go through all three of the scriptures here that I want to talk about, and I'm just going to kind of tie it all together in a nice little bow, or at least try to. Um, so, the first time we kind of see Thomas interacting here in John is in uh, John 11, um, and he ultimately talks in, in verse 16. But this is this is basically uh, the point where uh, we're talking about the death of Lazarus. And uh, Jesus has um, come to his disciples and said, hey, uh, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I uh, need to go wake him up. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Uh, now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant he was taking a rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And then it specifically says uh, in eleven sixteen. so Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. Um, so that's part one. There you go. Keep that in mind. The next one I want to look at is uh, John 14, uh, verses 5 through 7. Um, and this is actually a pretty, uh, a pretty famous scripture in John. Um, that uh, a lot of people quote definitely. Uh, but Thomas says here, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Um, so that's the second one. Thomas basically asking Jesus straight up, look, we don't. You keep saying you're going somewhere. We don't know where you're going. So like, how, how will we know the way? And then the final one uh, that I want to look at here is uh, the the famous scripture of, of the famous quote unquote, but the the, the known, the well known part of Thomas um, when he doubts, and it's literally titled Jesus and Thomas in my in my Bible here, um, and uh, it's John twenty twenty five. 
uh, that uh, now Thomas was one of the twelve called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said to them, "Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe." Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So those are the three different scriptures that I want to talk about. And I think the big thing that I want to kind of point out while going through all of these is this idea that Thomas is really just on his his walk as a Christian and goes through a lot of the same emotions that we as Christians continually go through day in and day out. So stay with me. Let's head back to the very first one we did 11, 14. And when we're looking at this, um, I think it's really, really cool that uh, they know that Thomas was the one to step up and say, uh, let us also go that we may die with him. And for me, this is really Thomas's way of standing up and, and saying, you know, he's confused. He has no idea, first of all, how Jesus even knows that Lazarus has died. He doesn't know why he said Lazarus was sleeping and now Lazarus is dead. He doesn't understand why Jesus feels like he has to go back. He doesn't understand why Jesus said, I'm really glad uh, I'm really glad I wasn't there when it happened so that now you can believe what is about to happen. And Thomas, so basically all that to say, Thomas is confused. He has no idea <laughs> what's going on, um, but he knows that he wants to follow Jesus. He understands that, and he understands that he'll follow Jesus no matter what. So this is Jesus saying, hey, um, or this is Thomas stepping up and saying, let us all go. Let us also go with Jesus that we may die with him. This idea that uh, we are going to go and follow Jesus no matter what. Even though I'm not 100% clear on all the answers, I know that this is the way that I want to go. I think that is um, something similar to what every Christian kind of has to do at some point. You kind of have to stand up and say, look, I, I know I don't have all the answers uh, in this life or really uh, anything else. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm reminded daily that I do not have all the answers. But I know that... Um, you know, I love my savior and I know that that is enough and more than enough of a reason for me to follow uh, and to march forward and to go forward. So I think that's really cool that Thomas uh, kind of has that moment there. And then the next scripture there, John 14 verses five through seven, uh, where Thomas is basically saying to Jesus, um, I should quote this before here that uh, Jesus says here before uh, before Thomas even talks, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself where I am. You may also be, and you know the way to where I'm going. He basically, he straight up tells all of them, you know where I'm going. And Thomas still speaks up and says, uh, Lord, we do not know where you are going, actually. Uh, how can we know the way? And then Jesus says th those uh, frequently quoted words, I am the way and the truth and the life. Um, this is just a beautiful passage, but I think this is, uh, this is really cool, too, because even though J Jesus literally just told them, hey, you know the way. 
Thomas is still raising his hand and questioning and being like, actually, no, I don't, I don't think I do know the way. Can you, can you kind of help me out a little bit with that? And I think that's just really important too, because I think, uh, I think very often, and you can call it certain churches push this, or it's just our self-intuition, but I think a lot of times Christians don't believe that they can ask questions or that they can question certain things that they have heard or that they've been taught since they were in Sunday school but never fully grasped. Uh, I think for me, for example, I remember when I was in confirmation class, um, they would talk about a story in the Bible that I would have no idea about. I just swear I never learned it. Or if I did learn it, I obviously wasn't listening. And I felt like I couldn't ask any questions about that story or really speak up to any of it because I was like, ah, I should know this. That's kind of what it kind of ended up being is I should know this. And here we have Thomas stepping up and saying, um, no, I, I need some help. Like, I don't understand this. Is there any way that you can help me understand? And we don't ever get a rebuttal um, from Thomas. He never says anything back to that, uh, at least not written in, written in the book here as far as uh, his response to what Jesus has told him. Um, but I think it's also important to note that Jesus didn't uh, yell at him, did not, did not scorn him for not knowing the answer. He simply reminded Thomas of the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I think that's really cool, too, because that that just shows you this idea that uh, questioning that only can build your faith. Thomas only Thomas's faith through asking that question only grew stronger because he was able to get information that he did not have before. And I think us as Christians could all, ultimately do a better job of that. I think we could do a better job talking about uh, talking about what we have issues believing and what we don't have issues believing and uh, asking questions to our neighbors and to our, uh, to our church and to our pastors about, Hey, you know, this, this theology kind of sounds a little weird to me. Can you help me understand it more? And I'm a firm believer that you are going to probably have some tough conversations. Asking questions always can open the door to that, but I feel like you're going to grow stronger through all of that, uh, which is really cool. Okay. And finally, uh, to, the other one, uh, the doubting Thomas uh, quote here. So, um, so y- you all probably know this pretty well. This idea that Thomas was asking, uh, or basically saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not going to believe all of you that Jesus was actually here until I've like seen him and until I've touched his his hands and his side." Like, nah, no joke. And this is just basic basic doubting. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And that's why Thomas is called doubting Thomas. But how many times have you found yourself doubting something, um, in your life? I mean, just doubting, like doubting, getting admitted to college or doubting that, uh, significant, you know, someone that you really like is going to like you back or doubting that you're good enough for a new job. I mean, it seems like, I feel like daily, we probably doubt ourselves, and um, the abilities that we have and everything. And then think deeper into that. And I think when you go farther into that, you're doubting uh, God in some of those moments, right? This idea that um, uh, if I hit financial hardship and I really don't think I can do it, and I pray to God about that, and then after I pray and where I'm supposed to leave my worries, you know, at the Lord's feet, right? And then I go off and I worry more about that. That's me doubting Christ. That's me doubting God that he is going to step in and take care 
of me and help me and make sure that uh, he's beside me every single way. And that's me doubting that in a similar way here. I think this gets blown out of proportion. I mean, <laughs> not blown out of proportion necessarily, but we see it as a huge deal, right? Because it's, it's, it's literally Jesus Christ stepping into Thomas's life and saying, Hey, what's up? And I think it's also important here too, that after Jesus or after Thomas said that, after Thomas had that doubting and said, look, I'm not going to believe you guys. Uh, it was eight days. And it makes the point to know here that eight day late, eight days later, they were all chilling and uh, behind locked doors. They have mentioned that too. And uh, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Thomas, here I am. Hello. Uh, and I think that is important to note that, um, first of all, God hears you. So you are heard. Jesus heard Thomas. He heard Thomas calling upon him and basically saying that he was, he was doubtful. Um, and Jesus came and eventually showed Thomas what he needed to see. Uh, it wasn't immediate. I think a lot of times we can think that, you know, if we pray for something, we, we should expect to see some sort of change the very next day. And, and that's just ultimately not true. Most of the time, I think we can all agree on that. Um, but Jesus showed up as he always does. And the first thing he said when he came in was, Hey, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And then as soon as that happened, Thomas was right back into the sense of, you know, saying, my Lord and my God. And once again, with stronger faith because of this interaction, because of, because of this, uh, because of Jesus coming to him and, and talking to him and showing him this. And then there is that, uh, the last part of there that we, which we can't ignore. It says, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Um, and that is a part there. There is a part there that I feel like Jesus had to make a statement that, you know, it says like you, you know who I am. This is kind of the, the, I think this is kind of a pullback to um, John 14, where uh, Jesus said like, you know, uh, you know, the way uh, and Thomas saying like, no, I don't. And <laughs> Jesus being like, I am the way this is kind of his way of saying like, you knew, like you knew that I had raised from the dead. I know you knew because you know me. So you knew this and, and just kind of that reaffirmation of Jesus telling him like, blessed are those who don't believe or blessed are those who haven't seen, but do believe, excuse me, big typo word there. <laughs> but I think that is just, that's just really impactful. So I, I think overall, what I'm trying to say here is uh, call it my namesake. And I feel like I have to stand up for it or whatever it might be, but really in general, in, in, in general, I think that Thomas is, a great example of how we as human beings and as followers of Christ are going to constantly stand up and say that we follow Jesus. And then right after that, we're going to question, we're going to question a lot and we're going to doubt a lot. And after all of those, I believe if we can get through those moments, the same as Thomas did and end uh, where Thomas ended on this, this claim of saying, my Lord, my God, and that statement, of of that being the last thing that you do, that doubting and that questioning, I think is, uh, I think it's normal. It's not easy and it's not great. I mean, I, I don't think it's 
I don't necessarily think it would be right for me to say like, yeah, you should doubt all the time. That's great. <laughs> I, I think as, uh, as Christians who are following Christ, we should probably try not to doubt that. But I think it's human, and especially in the society that we live in, doubting is just going to come naturally, unfortunately. And I think because of that, we need to be much more focused on the way that we react to that doubting. We need to be better about how are we going to stand up and even though I have these doubts or these questions, link back into my faith, hold steadfast, race the race that's been marked out for me, and end uh, and get back to that place where I can proclaim my Lord, my God. And how can I proclaim that even when I am in those those moments of questioning and doubting and making sure that I keep those moments together at all times? Uh, it's challenging. It's not an easy thing to do. I, I, I struggle with it often, but uh, I think Thomas is a good shining ray of hope uh, that it can be done and that Jesus wants to be with us through every single step of that. Not just, uh, not just step one, two, or three, not just the first time we doubt or the second time we doubt, but every time we question and every time we doubt and every time we call upon the Lord is another opportunity for us to grow in that faith and become stronger in it. And that's pretty cool. I know that this, uh, this quarantine has been brutal and it does not seem like it is going to end anytime soon, which is sad. Um, I have found, though, even from week one, uh, the first week that we did not have choir rehearsal at my church, uh, I at that point in time, I had been traveling a lot for work, and I was been been kind of off and on going to choir at church. I mean, there had been some weeks where, you know, I'd gotten back from uh, from traveling on like that Tuesday, and they were having uh, choir practice that Wednesday. Excuse me. And I just didn't go because I was like, I'm tired or whatever. And then that first week, that that changes immediately when you're told that you can't go. Right. When when someone says that, like, oh, no, you actually aren't allowed to have choir practice anymore. That completely changed it. I was instantly into a state where I'm like, oh, no, I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> uh and so that was a beautiful reminder of that. And I'm sure we'll talk about a po- We'll have a podcast about that soon. I, I think there's a lot of different things, especially in this pandemic that we could really explore to talk about just how connected we are. I think it's really shown us how much humans need one another and how much we are in this all together, uh, no matter what. So that's it for today. I hope you learned a little something, something. Uh, I appreciate all of you for tuning in and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I look forward to the next time we can get on here and chat until then take care of yourself, love yourself, uh, invest in others and know that you are indeed 100% guaranteed loved. Take care y'all.